Hey guys, and welcome to News of the World. And welcome back to Geeks Inherited the Earth. I'm JC. I'm CK. Jamie Skull. And Mike D. And uh, we're got to do a catch-up episode here because we haven't had time to record with everything going on. So we hope everybody's been, you know, staying safe and everything and uh, enjoying all of the beautiful bounty of nerd shit that has dropped in the last two months. Because holy fuck, is it a good time to be alive. And kind of got to start off with WandaVision, man. Like, we're just going to cut straight into this. There's so many topics to hit, so much stuff to hit. WandaVision wrapped up and basically changed the way that we see nerd TV, period. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a good uh, way to put it. It's interesting because I equated WandaVision to, uh, and I can compare it to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. WandaVision is the first Marvel show that we got, and it was the essentially the little run of comics that you read in 2005 that was only like one run, 12 issues, and it blew your fucking mind, and it was like about stuff that wasn't really um, normal Marvel, but like you'll always remember it. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that epic other thing. (laughs) Well, we'll get to that later, but it was uh, Tom King's Divisions run that inspired it all, right? Absolutely. A lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it, uh, yeah. A lot of it, and a lot of it just... uh, Never did I think Marvel would have the balls to tackle... uh, A, make fun of themselves, and B, tackle mental illness. And they achieved both perfectly... Yeah, I'm really surprised the show went over with people as well as it did. I was kind of nervous that uh, this one might struggle a little bit, but it really latched on with people, man. People love the show. I well, think it was a response to superhero movie fatigue. Like, it was it, so unconventional. Like it just um, came out it came out with like, what's going on here? There's, it's it was a lot to unpack, and and people loved it. So I mean, even my 18 year old son loved it. Like he he was like he's not as nerdy as we are almost though that probably doesn't have any reference to like any of those old school shows at exactly all. <laughs> and and he was like it was very interesting and i was like it was very interesting <laughs> it was a mind fuck is what it was like you start watching it and you're like oh it's a sitcom and oh it's espionage and oh now it's a magic show like what the fuck like it was ballsy it was risky and it was the only way that disney plus should have started launching marvel shows because if they'd have started with falcon and winter soldier everybody went oh look it's more of the same mm-hmm. and marvel is point. really good at, at reinventing the wheel of expectations mm-hmm. and you're coming off the heels of Endgame, and we're getting to see the ramifications of wanda's mental state and you don't know that when you're starting to watch it you're like this is fucking hilarious That's a great point yeah they uh they almost you know play her as a victim at first you don't really know the uh depth of what's going on they switch her from is she a victim or is she a villain uh with the influences of the way that people approach her right up until the like the last two episodes perfectly mm-hmm. it's got that mystery element and that horror element too it feels like uh it's got that fringe science fiction element like lost or um Something like it even felt like Lost, where like you know the the mysteries every every at the end of every episode you were like, what the fuck just happened? And what, I, what's I, yeah, happen house, now? households across the country after every episode dropped, where people were just screaming, "What the fuck!" Like I screamed it at the end of every episode and after the finale. But uh, I got to ask you guys, what did you guys think of the the, the nod to the White Vision? Oh, it's so awesome! I love Adventures it, West Coast, dude. Yeah, it really um. It's good to see them again, keeping those comic roots and throwing a bone in there for the fanboys. Um, I think it's interesting. They're dealing they're dealing with the subject now of he's kind of the same person. He has the same memories, but he didn't experience those memories. So it's like he's watched a movie of the stuff he's lived without that emotional connection. So I think 
uh, as far as a character, that's a very interesting thing to develop. I hated it until the last few lines of dialogue that he made. And I was like, oh shit, that's dope. Never mind. <laughs> and uh, Agatha, holy shit. That wow, talk- wow. And you know what the great thing is, is everybody was betting Mephesto, Mephesto, Mephesto. CK was betting Agatha from day one. And then by the yep, second or yep. third episode, Agatha he had me. all along. And I still want that as a ringtone so bad. Like, I cackled like her when it happened. I was like, <laughs> I so I got to ask you guys a question. This is the, the biggest bitch I've heard about WandaVision is, do you think that the final episode they made Agatha too cartoony? No. no, no, I don't I think it. so. Well, it was uh, a witch in a superhero setting and environment. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess in retrospect, now that you mentioned, I could see that maybe, but she's essentially just a supervillain that's a witch. So it's a Marvel witch. So I'm going to go with no. My older brother said that he felt like he was watching a Hocus Pocus reboot when he fought Agatha in the last episode. I mean, nah, nah. I mean I've never uh, seen that movie, so I don't know. But I, oh I really love the... Um, character development of wanda i think that um it's it's really kind of tragic it's it's sad like i feel like that she throughout the whole series um she's just a tragic character with like a a sad kind of inner demons that are that she's battling with each other and vision was this thing that held her together and now she's kind of out of control and i love i love that storyline i think it's a a beautiful character development of her. Her and Thor are definitely the two characters in Marvel that got did the fucking dirtiest because at least Steve Rogers got to <laughs> live his life out. But like her and Thor got done bad, dude. Like, I mean, Wanda's entire life is a giant shit sandwich that someone took a giant shit on top of. Just her whole, except for Vision, except for Vision, except for Vision. Mm-hmm. Vision like saved her, and so that whole thing was that she was. I mean, she needs him. She needs Vision to be a good person. Well, she did. No, now she doesn't. Well, now she doesn't. But (laughs) but she did need Vision to be, because she wants to be a good person, but her, it it seems like her inner self leans bad, if that makes any sense. Um, But probably would, you know. Trauma. (laughs) Trauma. Exactly. I mean, I'm I'm extremely surprised there wasn't blinking trigger warning before that show every episode. Well, Vision is obviously like um, in- innately good. Like he's nothing but good. He's lawful and good. Lawful yep, yep. good. And she is, um, I don't know what chaotic, she chaotic, chaotic I would, I evil. Would say just true chaotic. No, just, just, just true chaotic. True chaotic. Yeah, chaotic. Yeah, chaotic. And he kept her in check, and she knows that and loves him. And with him being gone and her creating this place, um, it's back to her. It's her being chaotic again. Well, it's think sad. about this way, right? Oh, sorry. Think about this way though. That what you're saying is totally true because he is her scarecrow. Yeah. Scare- he is her uh, scarecrow. And, and the moment when you see everybody in the city, look at her and be like, Hey, fuck you. You threw <laughs> my head. It was, it, it, there's not you're a better like, way that you end that. Like you're like, you, you, and they, it, there's this part of you in the last few episodes where you see like where she fell in love with the sitcoms and everything with her dad. And that's how she learned English and all that shit. 
That's cool. Oh, yeah. That was a very nice nod for why she knows English and why her accent changes mm-hmm. all the time. That was nice. Because mm-hmm. if you notice, the more pissed she gets, her accent came back in the last few episodes. Retcon! 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 Yeah, yeah, retconned the shit out of that. Somebody picked up that ball and ran to the end zone. I mean, yeah. and I would love to say that they had the spare time in COVID to do that, but this was already filmed. So, <laughs> let's go back to uh, white. You mentioned White Vision. Let's go back to White Vision. Where's he going to pop up next? That story's mm. that story's far from over. He just flew the fuck off. Who knows where he went? We're going to see him again. I wonder when. Mm. Good Not point. with her. No. no, no, I don't. I don't think we're going to see those two paths cross again, if ever, for a long time. Mm-hmm. It'll be a while. I think it'll, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen because yeah, we need like, the emotional it, closure. But yeah, right. Would it have any emotional impact whatsoever if that? Oh happened? God, yes. I think After to the audience, but not to them. If that makes yeah. sense. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, because Wanda knows that's not her viz, and viz right. is not viz. I mean, they can. They should just call him Norman from now on. Fuck it, he's a new character. <laughs> it's right. Norman. Norman the Android. Norman Android. <laughs> Norman Android. That's my favorite. The plot hole of how it shows Wanda break in and steal all this shit not being real was never explained, and that bothers the living shit out of me. Oh no, and dude, just lied. Wasn't a plot hole. Yeah, dude, just lied, and we saw. You know, it was an edited scene to where we saw. Mm-hmm what actually happened and he embellished the rest we didn't see the full picture but why i don't know it's still weird he's still weird there was more going on with him than meets the eye yeah i'm gonna fucking get to the bottom of it that dude was every 80s movie ceo villain ever made like (laughs) part robocop part brazil part tron it was across (laughs) the board asshole like it's like they couldn't actually cast Mitt Romney so they got the closest thing they could dude's a good actor though I like his like is the way he played that character a lot. So I gotta I gotta ask you guys, what do you think of actually seeing Wanda in the costume for all the years they said that she was never gonna wear the costume? Perfect. Beautiful. I think it looks great. I, think I it loved it. I was excited about it. Um I, w- I was cheering. Um I think it looks absolutely one hundred percent perfect. Um it seems like it's, it's something that could be cheesy looking, but it it didn't look like that to me. Yeah, they do the classic Marvel movie thing where they keep it as true as they possibly can, but update it just enough not to look like corny spandex. You know, they give it some texture. Exactly. And I even noticed that her current outfit, uh, as it stands, has parts of what looks like Vision's kind of textures in her body as well. So Yeah, I I, I noticed that too. That's cool. Yeah, and and that's definitely a nod. And they didn't hypersexualize it, which was always Elizabeth Olsen's complaint about the outfit. And I, I do love the fact that, that she did wear that as a Halloween costume. This is a, you know, inside joke. That was that awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Very substantial. But, uh, I don't know. I don't think Disney Plus could have started out any better than they did with that. No. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of new costumes, there's a certain black costume that I'm really loving this, this year. That came out in the movie. Boy, did people eat shit on that one, man. The Snyder yeah. Cut is the jam. Oh, wow. Oh, Love my God. It. Um, so, the most emotional I've ever been during a DC Comics movie. <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. Uh, yeah. One of my bosses uh, this week actually mentioned to me that uh, he watched the Snyder Cut on my recommendation and that he fucking hated it because it was every superhero movie trope in history. And I turned around and looked at him and said, you realize the storylines that they're basing and pulling from in Snyder cut were the storylines that started those tropes, right? That's what we <laughs> wanted. Yeah. Like we wanted to see Superman turn and in a black suit. We wanted that shit. 
Yeah. Holy <laughs> damn, did they stick the link. How did Josh Whedon butcher something that bad without being shot in the face? Because he well, looked what, up uh, that footage and went, nah, let's make the Flash Spider-Man. He was doing a job, man. That's what, I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not justifying him at all. I'm not Justin. justifying him, but. Uh, <laughs> justifying. I want he, you to justify my love. <laughs> he was a mercenary and that's, you know, that's the movie that the studio wanted and that's what they hired him to do. I like your Madonna reference there. Thank Justify you. my love. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be All selling right. t-shirts out back of the podcast in about an hour and a half. I uh, think that that's, uh, I, I think that's exactly what happened. I think that they gave him a list of things like, look, we've seen the dailies. Here's what we want you to hit. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, and put this back in there. You're going to have to reshoot that because we don't like the way it looks. Sometimes it feels like a joke when you watch the Justice League version because you're like, what? Like, were you trying to make it bad? Because you made I will it say, bad. I did not watch the Justice League version, um, <laughs> but Warner, Warner Brothers, right? Was that who? Yeah. So I, I do think they were pressuring him, but to see um, the Snyder Cut, oh my God, it was amazing. I loved it. And I was surprised because I expected to hate it um <laughs> because of just watching the little bit of um uh dc movies that i've watched so like i i didn't like batman versus superman I, aquaman well, was fine batman versus um, superman wasn't snyder's fault either though well, that no, was, no. they handed him a list of things that he had to do and he shoehorned it to be able to make this movie well, afterwards and when we when we watched that when we watched the snyder cut what was it six hours four Four hours. Felt six, like six. Eight, eight so hours. Ten hours. <laughs> Long, man. <laughs> anyway, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. I We watched like two, the first two parts, and then we watched the next four parts the next night. So we watched it in parts. But I was really blown away by how good it was. I loved it. And um, I was like, this is a vision that this guy had and wasn't able to execute because of people in charge of him. Yep. And he did. He went back and like made it what he wanted it to be. And um, and uh, whatever whatever Joss Whedon did, like he probably had the same kind of pressure applied to him that Zack Snyder did from the studio executives or whatever. But um, and it, it was great. It was fantastic. Well, I can answer a little bit of that. Uh, a uh, Snyder was pushing this version no matter the hell what, and was just mm-hmm. going to edit a little bit of it out if he had to, right? Mm-hmm. They went. They were trying to find ways to fire him, but the cast loved what was happening. Like, there, a dude wrote a book about it. They released the Snyder Cup book, and I read some passages of it uh, cool. over the last week and prep for this. Right, Joss Whedon came in as a company man. They like you did the Avengers. Why don't you do what this? Because you did what Marvel said, and we'll throw a boatload of money at you. And he thought he was going to redeem himself for Age of Ultron because, you know, the studio came in and made him add 10 minutes he didn't want. He was just yeah, that bad of a vindictive shit. And when Snyder walked off the project, that's another thing. Snyder wasn't fired. Snyder walked off after his daughter killed herself. He walked off and they used that as a, oh boy, what we can do. And if you see, you can watch the, the Justice League version now. And if you see, if you bitch about phoned in performances, it's because they didn't want to be there. Now that you've seen the Snyder Cut, we fucking know why. Because every actor in this movie kills it. the The Wonder Woman action sequence was the one that killed oh me the most God. because that version in Snyder Cut is just phenomenal. And it's when the you best watch Wonder Woman movie so far, actually, when you, when you watch the <laughs> Justice League version of it, it literally looks like somebody did a smash cut mixtape 
of Wonder Woman jokes. Like it's it's the same footage, it's just edited and cut entirely different with no impact. And it's not even all the same footage. He edited out a bunch of shit because fuck Whedon. Uh, I'm going to so say what, like, fuck Whedon a lot in the next few yeah. minutes. I'm just... So the Snyder version, four hours. The uh, Justice League, what, probably standard two hours. And if I recall... It was right know, under two hours. Yeah, I remember right. reading that that movie, the Justice League, only used like an hour of Snyder's footage to begin with. Not yeah. even an hour. So it's yeah. not even the same fucking movie. No. no. Well, the what's really different. crazy <laughs> is uh, you'd be surprised how accurate that is. Like... The end, like even down to like the endings or like Steppenwolf's completely a one dimensional one note character in the Justice League version, and the edited like the the CG that's on Steppenwolf is mostly in the original because you can go back and see the original versions of it, and he, Whedon had it redone so he'd look more beastal or whatever. No, he wanted it to look fucking dumb. He wanted it, I, I, I guess. I don't know. There, like, I've, I've never talked terrible. to him about it. I'd love, he will take my call. <laughs> but it was awful. It was absolutely awful. Well, I did read that only like, um, I think three or four of the actors came back to record um, and film different, a couple, of, a couple of new scenes. Other than that, um, that was all stuff that had already been recorded. Yep. Like, and some of it is actually repurposed filmed. footage from Man of Steel. Yeah, stuff that he had from I, Man of Steel. Yeah, too. and so a lot of that was already... I, I'm pretty sure it was only like two or three, maybe four actors that came back and recorded just a little bit of stuff. But most people were not involved in the recording of the Snyder Cut. Which means it was all already of, there. All of that Superman that you see spare the final scene. I'm pretty sure Henry he was there back. for. No, he was there for that. But he only did uh, stand-in stuff. So it means he might not have even been in person there, because they could do that in post, you know? Yeah. They could have him in a green booth somewhere, just on hooks floating up and down, because that's about the extent of it. (laughs) But uh, no, I mean, they they didn't need to. Plus, oh my god, that ending scene. Jesus Christ, we actually saw Jared Leto be the Joker, and it was awesome. He filmed that in his backyard. During That was one of the things he actually did film. uh, In his backyard? In his backyard. That's cool. Like they set up a green screen in his backyard, and Jared Leto sit on that fucking car in his backyard. Wow. Well, I want to say this: like I, we stopped watching um, Suicide Squad, the first whatever Suicide Squad, yeah. because of his character. It was Ugh. terrible. We were so like, bad. "Fuck this movie!" And 15 minutes in, we were like, "No, we don't want to watch this." Hunk, hunk, that was right before. That was by the <laughs> way, right before we all went to see Birds of Prey together, which was the last thing we all did before COVID happened. Oh yeah. Um, and we watched about fifteen minutes of it. We were like, "Fuck this!" And Jared Leto's Joker was a huge part of that. Well, and they, they I loved him, him at the too. end of it. The, they did, yeah. but I I loved him in the end of it. I was like, "Oh, thank God that they've sort of made it better." <laughs> so yeah. that is the most Jokerish I have seen on on screen uh, on screen portrayal. Period. He's very mm. Jim Carrey-ish. I'll, like, mm-hmm. very oh, good Jim Carrey-ish being the Joker. I think that Jared Leto was like, I'm going to do Jim Carrey as the Joker. That's what I'm going to do. Now I want Jim Carrey to be the Joker. I do too. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Are you kidding? It'd be fucking It'd be awesome. Hilarious. He'd be perfect. <laughs> It'd be fucking awesome. I'd still buy into it. I'll, no, I'll, fuck that. I want to see Jim Carrey and Willem Dafoe have a Joker off. Oh my God. Willem Dafoe's face is built for it, too. Though. He's they always going to be Green Goblin to me, though. He's such a good Green Goblin. So you know he's got the face for it. You're proving the point. <laughs> I think he'll come back. I think he'll come back. You mean you mean Marvel's Joker? 
<laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna go on a limb here. Uh, Batfleck is my Batman after this. I movie. mean, He's what the awesome. hell, right, dude? What the hell? How did how you awesome sit on movie? that footage and go, "Nope, let's make him make jokes with Superman"? Okay, I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole here and say, um, I have seen him come to this fruition because he has been in so many Kevin Smith movies dream what do you call it a pinnacle uh opus magnum opus to be batman like he deserves it yeah he absolutely deserves it and he kills he deserves it, it. Yeah. uh fun fact though uh the martian manhunter cameo uh that was originally supposed to be green lantern flying down it's the yes, only it fight that snyder lost yep. for the for the snyder cut because they have John plans Stewart. for the hbo max series that was john stewart is what it's supposed to be hmm. he was cast and i know they filmed him. Yep. Um, the actor has photos on his Twitter and stuff of him doing some of the Green Lantern stuff uh, on set. Cool. Yeah. So, it would have been short. It would have been him showing up with another lantern. They didn't say who. Uh, I mean, we do see Kilowog in the movie dead for a second. Uh, yeah. During the yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. Uh, he's, he's in the Justice League headquarters there dead. So. And I love the fact that we could see the beginning of the Snyderverse trilogy. Like, now we know, and if you go online and read, you can just read the second one's going to be the Nightmare Universe. Mm -hmm. And then the third one was Flashpoint, and they've been Mm -hmm. trying to get the Flash movie off the ground for God knows how long. And now they can use the original script ideas from Flashpoint, which was, okay, if this movie doesn't ever get made, Ezra's like, I'm going to make my Flashpoint. Cool. So now we're getting a flashpoint with Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck and all this wow. shit, and it's gonna be fucking dope. That's, that's, so that's pretty cool. awesome. So here's the, let's let's get, let's get a little meaty here with something. I'm curious to see what you guys think about this, uh, particularly Jamie. Actually, uh, there's a scene from Justice League. I loved it. I thought it was endearing. I thought it was sweet and like romantic because there was some backlash for the flash scene um, with Iris when she was in that wreck and he mm. slowed everything down. You know, crest her cheek there. Uh, people balked at that. And I, you know, in retrospect, I could see why I did not take it like that. So uh, I don't know, what do you guys, is that inappropriate? Where am I at on this? I didn't take it like that as a, as a female, as a person, as a woman identifying person. No, I'll clap for Jamie's tact on that. She's like, I'm using proper pronouns. Everything. <laughs> I'm just trying. Yeah. But um, I absolutely, it was so romantic to me and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think, I didn't think it seemed pervy at all. It was just like, I don't know. It was it was a love story that unfolded in a um in a superhero way, and um, I and that was it. That was the that was the end of it. There was no more of that in the movie. So I am excited to see what happens with that love story in the future. That's what I took from it. I yeah. thought it was beautiful. I didn't think it was pervy at all. I thought it was so so sweet. I think I probably cried. <laughs> Oh, I, I think that's, I cry about everything. So I, I did. probably I, cried. Big ugly cried like six times. In that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. From a technical and, and, standpoint, it was beautiful. I thought that scene was the equivalent of like when when, when you you help the drunk girl get home and then you move her hair out of her face so she's and then you leave and then you leave and you do not t- go further than that. It, yeah, that exactly. is a perfect equivalent. That's a yeah. perfect analogy, JC. Yeah. I love that analogy because yeah. it is like exactly like. I am say I'm I'm helping you to get where you need to be, and then I'm gonna peace out. It was and polite, hopefully I'll see you later. Polite admiration, but yes. knowing the line, you it, know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Very that is astute. a perfect analogy. I, I, it was technically the most um, 
most beautiful scene that I've seen in a movie this year, yeah. maybe last year. Like it's so the composition is so good and the way mm-hmm. that the lighting works and just the way that it, the slowness of the extremity of him running, but it's, it's, it's met with this slow, beautiful realization of love. It's hard to explain. It's look, well, it's visual you know, storytelling. We, we know what's going to happen with it. So I guess in exactly. retrospect, us knowing that they're true loves to us, it might seem romantic and poetic, but to someone that has no idea, they're like, she's a stranger and there's no consent Don't, here. He's d- touching her face. I, d- yeah. Does anybody have a fact check to know if she's in flashpoint? Not yet. She is in flashpoint. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I, sure. I'm, I, I know that there's an Iris West on IMDb, but I just want, I want it to be that girl. I want it to be I that do, girl definitely. really bad. I really like and her. N- nothing for nothing, seeing Aquaman's actual motivations. Oh, man, he was, was so much fantastic. cooler in this than it, anything he's been in since. Way better than he was in his movie. It, I like this version of him the most. Yeah. He, was more, he was more serious. He was more focused. Um, I did well, like Aquaman. I will say that. I, I liked Aquaman. It was fun. It was kind of silly, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, He was way more focused in that movie uh, <clears throat> than his own movie. So yeah. I, love, and, I loved that about and that. We haven't addressed the cybernetic elephant in the room. Cyborg. Cyborg. Oh, wow. God. oh man. Now <laughs> I see why he's been so pissed for all these years. That's my favorite because story in the whole movie is if the Cyborg story. Seen, well, if you've been following that actor's responses to Joss Whedon and to Warner Brothers and his undying support of Zack Snyder, he did kind of sound like that kid that got edited out of a movie and is pissed. He did. Like, at some he point, got so, the fuck edited out. Like, was, what? But it, but, but it seemed like he was just bitching, and I feel terrible yeah. now. Oh, me too, because, man, I trashed him. Uh, I trashed him bad. I was like, oh, Jism's taking ball and go home. Like, I trashed him the same way I trashed Mark Maron for bitching that he got edited out of Joker. Well, yeah, they for have like five a, minutes. It's, it's an incredible backstory about him and his father and his uh, history in uh, the Snyder Cut. And, I mean, it was probably my favorite part of it. And, and I loved all of it. Like, I was super excited about the whole Wonder Woman part. That was the best Wonder Woman movie that has existed. I'll sign that. <laughs> and then yeah. his part, though, was probably my favorite out of all of it. Like, I loved his story and his, it was tragic. Like, I remember Cyborg, um, when my kids were little, they watched the original Teen Titans cartoon. Mm-hmm. And so we watched that together. And so that's what I know Cyborg from. And he was like, I don't know, a jovial sort of uh, happy-go-lucky character in a way. In that mm-hmm. cartoon, and to see him in this movie as this just tra- like tragic character, like torn asunder, sort of, um, it was really powerful, and I loved it, and I thought that it was a great character development for Cyborg for sure. CK, CK back me up on this. Mm-hmm. Everything that you love about Cyborg in this movie is not in the Justice League. Everything I haven't seen the Justice League. Every single they edited out. Now do you see why he was pissed though? We didn't yeah. know that. We didn't know that at all. No. Like everything that he did was edited out. And when when the movie came out, we're like, okay, this isn't bad. You know, yeah. this could be worse. When Justice League came out, like this could be a lot yeah, worse. Be a lot I bad. read that it was, it was all bad. edited out. Yeah. And but why Great is this guy complaining? Why and then was we it see why. Out? And I'm like, this was all filmed. This was in the can. It was fucking done. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he was the heart it's and soul. Tra- and it's tragic. Yeah, he they exactly CK. That's perfect. He was heart and soul, and they ripped it out because he. That story is amazing. Well, part of the reason that they got edited out was he didn't get along with Whedon, so Whedon edited his ass out. Yeah. 
fuck Whedon. (laughs) (laughs) Every part of that movie was gold. Uh, I just wish we were getting the other two. Me too. The Superman stuff is my favorite Superman stuff on film as well. I'll I'll co-sign that. And I love the fact that when they filmed uh, the, in the original suit, uh, they already had a backup plan just in case they could get it done later to where all of the uh, stuff on the suit had dots on it so they could edit it all black if they needed yeah. to. They could change the color, which is smart. Yeah, God, yeah they that's changed the color. Cool thought. <laughs> yeah, that's it was Zack Snyder at its core. Yeah. yeah, he's filming the OG suit. Michael has oh. disappeared. Where did you go, Mike D? I'm right here. He's just listening to us all it's rant. Like, oh, I'm basking in the love of the love for Justice League. <laughs> I just can't believe I got Mike to watch this shit and Cody got Mike to watch this shit because he was like, fuck the Snyder Cut, fuck DC, fuck these movies. Yeah, and it like, was really, it's Batman versus Superman that did it for me. Yeah. I loathe that movie so I much because it. I feel like he had no grasp of those characters whatsoever. So much to my surprise, here I'm finding Justice Justice League with majesty, emotion. He gets that character's heart and soul. It's not even the same thing. Oh, it's such so a great really Because Warner Brothers wasn't involved like they were with Batman versus Superman. That wasn't even supposed to be that movie. They were told it had to be. Yeah, he's obviously read some books between Justice League, between Batman versus Superman and Justice League. Somebody handed him a whole bunch of omnibuses and was like, motherfucker, I know you're <laughs> original. I know how original you want to be, baby. But let me just tell you, you're going to love this shit. And when you yeah. love it, it's going to make you love it even more. And he read it. And he was like, God damn, this is fire. I'm going to use that. And then there was a lot of passion. The, the <laughs> best the best way I've heard it put was, uh, Zach, this is your cousin Marvin. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, go read this. <laughs> had to be what happened, dude. Had, had to be. be. He no, I mean, he, he, had, a, he had, too had a, well. a lot of passion. He had a great grasp of it for Man of Steel for what he wanted to do because he's basing it off of Grant Morrison's writing. Yeah. And He'd read just that, though, I think. It was like just that. <laughs> just that. <laughs> oh, shit on Man of Steel. I didn't like Man of Steel. I'm not shitting. I love Man of Steel. Man of Steel is the I one that I like. like. I hated it, actually. And the reason why I believe the reason why is because we saw it in 3D. And mm. it was too much for 3D. Yeah, that third act was, it was like, like, what the fuck? It was, it was no. completely chaotic. And we were like, whoa, this is like super busy. What's going on? I think that if I could rewatch it again, just on TV, not in 3D, I would probably enjoy it a little more. Mm-hmm. But I it was pref- just crazy. I prefer to see everything in 3D, but no, I'm going to tell you 3D. right now, you're 100% correct because even my 3D loving ass was like, I'm motion sick. It, like, I felt it like was some, too much. I felt like a drunk person in an Oculus Rift. Yeah, <laughs> it was too much. Like We were like holding under our armchairs like, whoa, what the fuck? Everything's, it's buildings collapsing everywhere. And um, I think that it was too distracting to have it, to watch in 3D. Oh, yeah, for sure. I digress because this was about um, GLA, so, <laughs> which so, is great. So Love what's it. everybody's closing thoughts on, on Snyder Cut? Oh, fantastic. I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, uh, my dad has watched it. I watched it with my dad and he was like, hey, we should watch that Justice League movie again. I was like, let me carve out a weekend and we'll do yeah. that. <laughs> The, the best way I can sum up uh, the Snyder Cut is, you know, uh, is, is to Tolkien, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll put Man of Steel as the Hobbit. We're going to skip Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. And the Snyder Cut is the trilogy. And then it's like, okay, cool, there's more coming. But he died right in the Similarian. 
Yeah. Like, like I feel like that's the Snyder verse. <laughs> oh, that's so bittersweet. Ouch. I know. Uh, I, I mean, let me just say that uh, I know that Cyborg is everybody's favorite part of the movie, but Superman was definitely my favorite part of the movie to see Superman finally get justice like that. And no yeah. pun intended. Batman uh, was my favorite part of well, the movie. Uh, because Batman Batman was my favorite part. Batfleck <laughs> is the shit. Like he gets Batman on a level of fucking insanity. Well, at least we're all on brand. <clears throat> oh, what, what about you, Michael? Uh, you know, like I said, I was just blown away to have such a personal connection to the movie uh, and just see the characters treated with such respect. Uh, like I said, majesty and emotion are the two mm. words that I was surprised to find in it. So uh, it, it personally touched me. I cried. I was moved by it. And, you know, it's not like certain other movies we may have seen in the theater, <clears throat> Rise of Skywalker, where we were like, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> and then like a month later, we're like, oh, fuck that. Oh, no. Uh, you know, we've it had some me. time since we've watched it. Right? <laughs> Damn it. It was the music. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, we, we've had some time since Justice League, and I, I still feel the same way. I've reflected on it a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, it, was, it was personal to me, and I was that's the last thing I expected. Mm-hmm. The, majesty um, is a good word that, that y'all chose. Majestic is a good, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah majesty, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like a magnum opus, because it fucking is. It is yeah. a magnum opus. It's definitely Zack Snyder's magnum opus. It 100% is, and, um, and he did a great job with it. God was like... Can I watch a four-hour movie? I don't think I can do that. And we we did do two hours one night and then the rest of it the second night or whatever. But mm-hmm. I could have watched that whole thing all at once but because it was so beautiful. And um, I appreciate it. And I respect him for what he's done. I think that he needed to come back with something and show the world um, what he thought. What he thought was his vision about the justice league and you know what he fucking nailed it boy howdy he made the modern ben her <laughs> i do love this this underlying feeling and this is something that, that just cracks me up to death right is that justice league was supposed to end with the heroes united in a happy light feel and like you know like the journey is complete after the darkness of batman versus superman and the xenophobia of man of steel and then you find out the next movie is the nightmare dream sequences were all in continuity and going to be even fucking darker. Like, I think that's just hilarious because everybody's like, it's so grim dark. And then you see the new scene that he shot and everybody's like, I want that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, uh, masterpiece. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Leading into and that another monkey us... of a problem. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I, uh, I fucking love kaiju so much um i I grew up on uh godzilla and kong kong was always my favorite he just was uh those two hardly ever met but when they did in the 60s it was real bad however as a kid i fucking (laughs) loved it they ate those big stupid berries and fought each other they made a new movie about (laughs) it and there's no big stupid berries (laughs) I really feel like Cody's reading this off a teleprompter. There's I am no not. Big <laughs> there is no big stupid berries. Uh, in this, man, in Godzilla versus Kong, the way it's titled now, to be different from King Kong versus Godzilla from 60 uh, whatever. Um, also, because I'm pretty sure that Godzilla is their big money maker, and they're like, oh, we'll, we'll let Kong play. Um, they <laughs> they made a very fun summer blockbuster that we got to see at home. For the most part, some people got to see it in the theater. I kind of wish I would have got to see it in the theater because the sound is fucking amazing. Um, but it was uh, it was uh, dumb. 
as a Kaju movie <laughs> typically is. It was um, really fun. Hey, not as dumb as King really of Monsters. Fun. That movie is fucking dumb. King of Monsters was the first movie I have turned off <laughs> probably in four or five years. Uh, yeah. Since uh, Eli Roth did that Not Not movie with Keanu Reeves. That's the last movie I shot off <laughs> until King of Monsters. And then the next movie that I shut off with Godzilla vs. Kong. Well, JC hated I guess. it. I didn't mean to shoot that up. And I, I, I think it's it. weird that JC hated it because JC, you liked Skull Island. Loved Skull Island. I, I, but, I but hated this. I don't understand. They seem. I, ca- I, ca- I couldn't finish it, and I'll tell you why. It was the Godzilla parts because I don't give a fuck about that dude. I don't give a fuck uh, about the girl from Stranger Things suddenly forgetting how to act. I don't give a fuck <laughs> about their mom. I don't give a fuck about the Monarch Corporation. It's like it's cool. You have an underlying multi. I thought it would be so cool going into this. I was like, okay, so there's this like underlying metaverse here where it all exists in the same continuity and everything, and it's going to be cool. And I support that. And if you dig it, great. The lore is there for you. Just uh, stay with the Kong side because the Godzilla side of the lore, uh, I'm like I'm, I'm trying to watch King of Monsters. I felt like somebody was trying to shove uh, uh, toothpicks under my fingernails. And if that was the case, watching those same actors in the first part of uh, Godzilla versus Kong, like they were just tearing my fingernails off. Like I couldn't even deal with it remotely. And it sucks. I want to finish it. I just want to fast forward through everything until Kong hopefully beats the living shit out of Godzilla. Cause I hate this version of Godzilla. It sucks. They tried to watch the new Godzilla, the first Godzilla movie. It sucked. I tried to watch King of Monsters. It sucked. Fuck this Godzilla. I like my old Godzilla Kong. I hope you break his damn spine Bane style. How do you really feel? About like that. <laughs> About like that. About like, and it sucks because I really wanted to love it. I saw the trailers and everything. I'm like, holy shit, this is gonna be so cool. I think you'd like the last half then. I think you should just watch yeah, that. You need to finish it. That yeah. dude that plays the dad, that you know, he has the most punchable blues face. Guy? Yeah, varsity yeah. blues guy is the only thing I know. Yeah, he, varsity he, he, blues guy. <laughs> that's probably why I want to punch him because I hated that movie too. Wait, I think was it varsity like, blues or was it fucking? One of those. I don't Friday know. Friday Night Lights. It's Friday Night Lights. You're, on the, you're, you're, you're preaching to the wrong audience for this podcast with these names. Someone knows what I'm talking about. Hey, you all like football somewhere. Somebody likes football. Fucking we nerd. don't. We're not football people. Oh, so, okay, I want to give a shout out to a scene in Kong. Uh, I think, Cody, you'll appreciate this. Uh, this came to me instantly earlier in the movie when Kong's bouncing back and forth on the ships fighting Godzilla under the water. That is a straight homage to Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh my god! Not that even whole playing thing around. happens right there. No, it's it's the episode where they bring in Oscar. Same thing bouncing yep. around. I, it's totally an homage. It has to be. It's it, no, it is. It has to be. And I mean that that dude, man, his movies, they're really like I really like his stuff. And I, you can tell that because what what was that that he made? Did he make Upgrade? I don't know. You're CKP, I don't know yeah. if that movie's awesome. I know. Upgrade is a really good movie. No, I think I'm thinking Upgrade's about something great. else. But anyway, like, there's a lot of nods in here to like anime and nerdy mm, yep. things. And it's it's awesome. All right, I saw that scene, and it was the only scene that I didn't want to stab my eyeballs out watching outside of Kong <laughs> with a little girl. And uh, it was that an homage, or was that like the Avengers movie that fuck Whedon, fuck Whedon? Uh, it was like when they they directly <laughs> ripped off the Transformers with the snake things in the building. Like, was it an homage, or did some people steal some shit? It, I, I like that. Like he was doing that on purpose, yeah. It, it does, because Evangelion is such a matru- uh, massive cultural phenomenon, uh, particularly in Japan. I mean, 
even here in the nineties, it's, it's so huge that I don't think they would risk just ripping it off. I think it's paying respect to it. I mean, I don't know, but that's the feeling I got. I didn't watch it Evangelion until uh, recently, like, um, in the past 10 years, um, Michael introduced me to it and it was that that's some heavy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and also Pacific Rim, we had um oh, that, that kind of so pays some homage to that that's too. Perfect. But um it's that's some crazy shit that I believe having watched that movie uh Kong uh Godzilla versus Kong um definitely pays a little homage to that, I would think. I mean just yeah. a little bit though cuz Evangelion is fucked up. Well, and they took they took some good notes. They took yeah, it is. They took some good notes from. Uh, and by the way, it's Adam Wingard. Uh, the movie he made that I was thinking about was The Guest. I don't know if you've ever oh, seen The go. Guest, Ooh, but The I Guest haven't. is fucking awesome. Uh, he also did the that. VHS movies. Um, oh, yeah, oh, really? Yeah, Whoa, he did that, he did that really. Leap. Yeah, he did that really <laughs> weird, crazy remake of Blair Witch that I really liked. Actually, like, it wasn't a remake. Oh. It was like a, a like a, 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 a soft reboot, a C-boot. Apparently he directed they, the they, Death Note live action movie. He did too. Death Note. Yeah, he did I Death Note. I like the Death oh. Note live action movie. And uh, oh, they called that? that Blair Witch a reimagining. Yes, I right. remember the posters. Yeah. I the hated the original movie. I haven't, to I haven't seen that. Godzilla and Kong. How the hell do you go from VHS and Blair Witch and Death Note to Godzilla and Kong? It's... I think that makes perfect sense. They're they're, they're picking right. they're picking these guys to run their franchises now because it keeps working. You let Taika Waititi make a Thor movie. I was what about to say the God. same <laughs> fucking thing. I was about to say the exact same fucking thing. Hmm. It's like you know, they're they're picking people to direct this stuff that they know are fans of this stuff, and I think that's a solid play. And now, if he oh. really wanted to make me happy, though, he would have had a scene in the beginning of the movie where King Kong picks up Mister Punchable Face and eats the shit out of him. Right. Hey, by the way, if you're out there listening to studio execs, uh, especially you guys at Universal, you want to make your Universal monster movies work, just do that. Hire good directors that want to do your movies. like, And don't let them, like, they don't have to be connected yet. You can do this with Dracula and Frankenstein mm-hmm. and make a really cool horror universe by just letting good directors who are hungry for it. Look, Benicio Del Toro made Shape of Water. Great science fiction mm. movie, right? It's still fucking Creature from the Black Lagoon reimagined. He could have yeah, done that for dope. you. But it he could have done dope. that for you. It won Best Picture. It's about a fucking fish man. <laughs> Wait, that won Best Picture? Yes. I mean, he deserved it. I'm not mad at it. I haven't seen that, so I'll have to maybe give that a watch soon. So good. Tonight, maybe. Oh, yeah. What's that one? Jesus Christ. Shape of Water. I've heard it's great. Mm. All right, so uh, closing thoughts on uh, Godzilla Kong? versus Kong. Kong versus Godzilla. It's the first good B movie I saw all year, but not the best good B movie I saw all year. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Pass. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I loved it. Um, I'm 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 wary about movies most of the time, so yeah, for me to be like, hey, that's that's a fun time. I, I'd watch it again for sure. All right, mm-hmm. if, I, give it a, I give it a four stars. Well, if sure. I try to finish this movie and I still hate it. How much booze are you guys buying me? That's my question. A whole bottle of McCormick vodka, sir. <laughs> okay, deal. Signed. Signed. I'll two, take that uh, bet. Ha. Two shots. Knew I'd get it with that well. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Only drink well. Only drink well. That way like it, there's, um, there's certain template of movies that I, I can enjoy uh, to me, and that all goes back to Ghostbusters. It's, it's, it's your Ghostbusters template. It's your Men in Black template. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's fun. 
it has cool sci-fi stuff going on, but it's also a good time. It's that's that good sweet balance, and it's I great. think that uh, that this movie fell in there. So I, I definitely enjoyed it. I like that. I'll, I'll give it another shot. But here's my thing: I love Skull Island so much. I cannot believe I slept on it. Like I've I've watched oh, it so again. Still the best I actually like this b- more than Skull Island. Really? Like, wow. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, that, I, it's Skull Island great. I mean, you like know what the difference between Skull Island and this is for me is the humans I gave a shit about. And Mr. Punchable Face, I hated for... Maybe it's because I tried to watch it after shutting off King of Monsters, and holy fuck, here's the guy I turned oh, off King God, of Monsters over. Oh, God, sorry. Okay, that's you were triggered. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was PTS <laughs> fuck this guy. Uh, <laughs> I was really hoping to see some uh, John C. O'Reilly in Congress of Godzilla, though. I've got Me to admit. too. Yeah. Man, I gotta say, not only did he sell that movie, he went off of my list of people that I would have a beer with. Because that guy's got some evil in him. <laughs> watch that movie and be like, this dude, after 12 tequilas, is going to steal a car and punch a cop. Like, like, And he's going like, to put his balls on my drum set. It doesn't sound like a bad thing, though. Like, like, if I had to go to jail with somebody, John C. Riley made my list after watching the skull Steal Island. a car and punch a cop? I'm, a, yeah. I'm on board. Like, I'm, I'm sober on board. John C. Riley, let's party. Uh, <laughs> all right so up next on the docket and our catch all catch up falcon winter soldier mm. Mm. or i like to call it institutionalized institutionalized racism and how we treat our crippled vets Mm. Yeah. Or I, I call it the six hours of we're going to get captain America four with Anthony Mackie <laughs> on that note, uh, uh, at the beginning of the show, I even at the end of the movies, I was not particularly thrilled with Sam becoming Cap. I'm just not going to lie. I wanted it to be Bucky. Falcon to me was okay. He was fine. He was a fun character. I just did not really feel him as being Cap. And now after this series, he fucking has to be. No one else will do now. Now he has to be Captain America to me. Oh, I agree. And I'll, I'll double you down on that. I'm Bucky Cap is my jam. Okay. Yeah. That's like the... Uh, but. I read Falcon Cap as it happened, and I hated Falcon as a character until he became Cap. Mm-hmm. And especially when they were, you know, writing very much, uh, like, like you know, embracing the fact he's an African-American and, the, like, the shit he's been through and everything. I thought it was really brilliant writing. That first episode, I was like, no, fuck it. Give the shield to Bucky. Give the shield to Bucky. Fuck this. Give the shield to Bucky. Mm-hmm. The moment you see what's going to become U.S. agent, you know, immediately it's U.S. agent. I'm like, Falcon's going to be Cap. Like, like <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be on. But by the, the end thing. of the yeah. series, Bucky now has his own identity. Yes. That's which what I was is going to say that. Yep. And and <laughs> fucking Sam is Captain fucking America. Hell yeah, he is. Yeah, dude. He is Cap. And I mean, you guys know my two favorite Marvel heroes go in this order. Steve Rogers and James Buchanan Barnes. And this shit right here, by the time it was happening, I was like, if he's not Captain America, I'm fucking out. Because he embodies Captain America to the point that, like, I get it so hard that it hurts my feelings that I ever even thought for a second that Bucky could be Captain America. (laughs) I ain't going that far because, man, I... The character development for those two characters in this show is unbelievable. Like, I, that was my favorite part of the show is that they developed those characters so freaking much um, that we now have this connection to them that I don't think we really got from the Marvel movies, maybe a little bit, but um, now we have 
we have Sam and we have Bucky. Well, they and fi- they're super, super humanized in the right. show. They fixed the biggest problem that they had with Sam Wilson's character, right? Is that you meet him in Civil War with the geniuses, the Russo brothers, showing him as a war vet that mm-hmm. was specialized and everything. And then it just became everybody loves writing Anthony Mackie as Anthony Mackie because who the fuck doesn't love Anthony Mackie? It's like people that don't like ice cream or, you know, water parks. Mm, like you're, you're inhuman. <laughs> you know, like they just really started writing Anthony Mackie as Anthony Mackie. And then you get this. You get to get a hold of him in Falcon Winter Soldier, and it's like, okay, let's go back to that. And like, you get to see finally all the character growth that Falcon never had a chance to have because of the setup of the movies. And man, you got it in spades. Like anybody like that, that yeah. it feels like that they looked at both of them and said, "Sebastian, you be Sebastian, <laughs> and Anthony, <laughs> and they, you be Anthony, and y'all just hang out, and we're gonna film y'all doing superhero shit too." Yeah. Oh, can we talk about Daniel Brühl as fucking Baron oh, Zemo? Yeah. The secret weapon. Who saw that My shit? My favorite coming? character ever. I mean, like, dude, he is electrifying. He is mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter. He has got mm. that. He he's Batman, but bad. <laughs> it's like this. You you identify with him. You're like, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck those super soldiers. I do the same thing <laughs> this motherfucker's doing. You killed my family and ruined my home, my ancestral home. I was like fucking <laughs> Destro before this shit happened. He's incredible <laughs> and incredible. so understated. Just he says so much with so little. He he just owns the character so much, just with a look or a body posture. Mm. Man, just what a great subtle character. Mm-hmm. That head cock that, that, that he brings up to him. He's like, it's like you say that shit to him. He's just going to do that head nod thing, and he immediately <laughs> does it to Bucky. And it's like that, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> and then of he course, was a. Very welcome, unexpected surprise to be in it as long as he was, because it looked like he was just going to be in like an episode. Like, look here, see, I'm here. Yeah, and fuck no, he owned that shit. Yeah. Spawned memes the world over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, you know, you have him in his in his his pink sock. You got him in the fucking the pink toboggan. The pink, the pink sock. Not. You can't edit that out. I said it, <laughs> and I didn't mean no, it like that. I didn't mean it like that, but damn it. You know, I didn't even take it as that. I was just laughing at Pink Sock. But it is on and his head. Now, now, now I'm seeing it. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't see that. It was going to happen in the comments section two seconds after I said it, so it doesn't matter. But the point is that he got his, his costume, man. He's got the fucking leopard print wool on his jacket looking shit. Well, oh that, man, it's so fucking pimp. Well, it's pimp daddy Destro. Brule had said before that he <laughs> he didn't think that he was Baron Zemo in Civil War. You know, he's one of those actors that have came back and been like, I didn't really feel like that was me. Zemo, like, or like what the character was. <laughs> and like, he was fucking Baron Zemo in this shit. He calls it too. He's like, I am uh, Baron Zemo. <laughs> like he he oh, makes the, sure that that's known. <laughs> the look on his face too was just elated glee. Like you can tell he's waited this many years to be able to say that. <laughs> All right, something in the show that was very meaningful to me, and I know this is dangerous territory to get in from being the, the 46-year-old white dude, but the racial issues they tackled in the show, I thought, was were very tasteful, and I really applaud Disney for going there. I mean, they really kind of went deep on some shit here, and I really think they did it with boldness and really put it in people's faces. Yeah. Uh, now, it's not like true street violence. Don't get me wrong. I, I understand the difference, but I really do applaud them for tackling these subjects at the very least. It was so tasteful. I have a feeling. Well, I feel like that it was just done as about as well as anything I've ever seen done to be that um, 
it didn't feel it was understated it was accept it was like accepted but they didn't hit you over the head with it and they didn't pander mm-hmm. It's in the subtext very clearly, and, yeah. and I like how they mixed it in the first episode with "Can't get a bank loan, even though I'm a fucking Avenger, but you want a mm-hmm. selfie with me." Mm-hmm. Yeah, like who pays very these much. bills? Coming full circle to the last episode, which was a nod to, uh, the first Captain America Falcon issue where he does the press conference and everybody freaked out because there's a black Captain America. Yeah, the way that he came full circle and they they paid homage to that because you know Fox News went nuclear when that happened. Mm-hmm. And so did like all the conservatives channels were like, you can't have a black Captain America. And they're like, bullshit. This is America. And you know, Isaiah yeah. was such a big part of this. Now, I think CK can probably speak on Isaiah a little more than the rest of us. You probably have some more in-depth info on the comics on that. Yeah. So Isaiah, this is very much the same story as Brubaker told it. And I think as Brubaker told that part of the story too, in red, white and black um, oh, right. when they introduced Isaiah and, so Isaiah Bradley was one of the test subjects after Steve to try to recreate the super soldier serum. Oh, uh, it was a so lot that's like the, canon. Yeah. It was oh, like, yeah, the, yeah. it was like the Tuskegee airmen. His unit was most of them died from it. The rest that were alive died over time. He always lived through it though. So, I mean, it's very much it's a very similar story. Also uh, fun fact, his grandson, Elijah is uh, the Patriot from Marvel comics, a, a young Avenger. And so, you're gonna see that dude carry around that old 1940s shield, probably the. Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome. He's, he's got he'll it in his blood, with, uh, man. Wanda's, he'll be meeting up with Wanda's kids soon. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna be there. Trust me, they're mentioned in the post credits of WandaVision, so nice. she's gonna save them. Break the multiverse in Doctor Strange <laughs> too. I I do want to raise a point here that I I. Sam Wilson's character being illustrated as somebody that would rather talk to somebody than go fight them when he's yes. going to talk with the Flag Smashers, I thought was very, very true to that run of comics. Nice. That's why he's Cap. Also, can we talk about the other breakout actor in this that got him so much hate that he was almost oh, about to leave guy. the Fucking Wyatt Russell, first of all, clone of his dad, to the <laughs> point where there's one scene in particular where he says, where he when the door Melage walk in, he says, John Walker. Captain America. And the way he says it, I can't even repeat how he does it because it is Kurt Russell's fucking voice. And I was like, my whole life, all I ever wanted to see was Kurt Russell be a superhero in a Marvel movie. It's a little too late for most of that. We got him as ego. But like now I'm just thinking, man, if they made this in the 90s, fucking Kurt Russell would have been Captain America. This shit would have been crazy awesome. And I'm getting the closest thing I possibly can. And his character has so much development. It's so good because his story is the vet the broken vet that's being used again as a piece by the U.S. military or some government corporation who never got to come home from the war. He had to do terrible mm. things for those medals he won, and no one brings it up. He's got a little bit yeah. of PTSD, and he is just under pressure from everyone to be perfect, even himself. So much put on himself that he, I've got to be Captain America. I've got to be Captain America because all he's ever known is to excel. And that speech that he gives to them when they when they give him the uh, less than honorable or other than honorable discharge. Right. Yep. He is speaking from the heart. You trained me to be this. You made me into this. Mm-hmm. You put yeah. the gun in my hand and now you're throwing That's me a- out. That's an and incredible that- take on it. I love that take, Cody. Uh, I don't see him as being in like an evil character. He's no, just he's not evil. driven because of those things that you just said. They took really ballsy choices with him. Yeah, like like it 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 and it took some dick to be that actor. And the fact that he got online and was just mm. loving that people hated him, like that's mm-hmm. that that's what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to 
play a hated character and he fucking nailed it. It's yeah. tough subject matter to deal mm-hmm. with. And, you know, obviously not as tough as some of the other issues in the show, but, you know, they could have just had him come out and kick a puppy and be a shit bag, but they didn't. You know, that, didn't. That's kind of what I expected. I was like, oh, he's just going to be a shit bag. That's from what the I start. expected. Yeah. But he wasn't. They, they, they did well in playing his story out. He well. really just, like, wants to be a good person and do the right thing. And, but, but then he, then he deteriorates and can't. Yeah. And so well, they, that's they, an interesting take. Though. They well, sent the him parallel to, between ter- terrorists. You know, I mean, that's what yeah. he thought he was doing, right? <laughs> well, the parallel between him murdering somebody with the shield versus Sam Wilson giving a speech to the public. Yes. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well. Yeah. That is the difference <laughs> between them. Before that doesn't that, make him though. evil. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. make him evil because his best friend the, had just died horribly. I mean, they're. Well, they're both vets, and they treat the the whole the show treated the whole spectrum of PTSD. He's broken. Right. Let's make like, that. The, He's it's, broken. It's yeah. it, this was a ballsy show that's not getting enough credit for some of the balls. Yes, mm-hmm. I sure. thought it was very heady subject matter. That's why it was rated TVMA, not just because of that, but there was some serious violence mm-hmm. and quite a bit more language than any other Marvel thing I've ever watched. Oh, that made me so happy. Yeah, the language got pretty. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. was so happy. I'm like, finally, somebody said shit up in this bitch. Really? Also, Sharon Carter melted off a motherfucker's face. Oh god, that's oh. right. Uh, I was Sharon like, oh, Carter fuck. is the power broker. Who saw oh, yeah. that coming? Right. Uh, well, I think I think I did for the second that she walked on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I, for real. Everybody was pissed because the whole time I was like, uh. Well, she, she, they just show up there and suddenly she can kick all these dudes' asses and then jump down there and run around and be like, hey, is everything okay? I, I'm here to help you. Uh, here's all this stolen art that's worth billions of dollars, but I'm not the power broker. I have all these satellites. The oh, God. When you was it- like, what? How fucked up would that be if she come, is the power broker? And then we were like, well, oh, okay. Maybe you she know, is. You <laughs> know, when you, when you put it like that, I kind of feel dumb i didn't pick up on that <laughs> it's fine it probably sailed over most people they were like ah but no nah, that's just too obvious or ah, uh, no. if it wasn't for michael i wouldn't have picked up on it i didn't pick up on it at all well i mean when he was like the- how fucked up would that be and i was like oh shit well, you come right. you, you come off the heels of wandavision which was a misdirection after a misdirection after a misdirection <laughs> and this was like hey look i'm power broker like <laughs> that's, that's not it that can't be it i have these satellites mm-hmm. but th- they're not mine, but I'm playing with them. But I'm not the power broker. Now, for a lot of people, it seems like a pretty dramatic heel turn for her. And there's speculation with Secret Invasion coming up that she might be a scroll. I would love that. I would love it. Especially what she said there at the end. Like, we have, because they, they were like, there's a place in your old division. Obviously, S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. Uh, and she was like, she caught, made the phone call and she was like, you know, we're we're in. We got access to, you know. All kinds, no super soldiers. Is, we have access to all kinds of tech and blah 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 blah. Yep, yep. Is that shield or is that sword though? Are they one and the same now? I don't know. Love it. <laughs> I think that's all we can hit on this, man. We yeah. <laughs> this to death. Like, and we're now that's in speculation it. territory. Like, that's is it. sword shield? Is shield sword? Like, we're, <laughs> but I can like, say we're, I'm pretty sure the Thunderbolts is happening. Um, that seems clear with the lane. from uh, Val being on the show. Thunderbolt uh, has to be happening now. Yeah. Come on. You got US Agent running this, obviously being the Rick flag of this team of fucking Suicide Squad villains. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. He's going to be the good guy running the, running the, help, help, help Val run the team. It's a good show. So, switching gears completely, Invincible on Amazon Prime is the shit. 
Like, this is my favorite new show, without a doubt. I hadn't read the comic before. I slept on it. I always thought it was kind of satire and spoofy. And holy shit, was I wrong. This is everything I needed in my life. It turns everything on the comic book superhero tropes up its ass. And Mike just started watching it. Jamie just started watching it. Cody's read it all. And me and him have seen all of season one. What do you guys think so far? I'll let that lead it in since we know more. Okay, so uh, let me just give a little bit of backstory to my Invincible um knowledge um when i started rereading comics back in the day uh back in the 2000s i've mentioned this before about lock and key being the first one of the first books i picked up before lock and key though i had picked up two books by kirkman and that was the walking dead and invincible uh and i picked up the walking dead because i'd heard about it for a couple years i hadn't got to get into it and then i picked up invincible because they were like this is his new shit it's fucking awesome you need to read it it was like that day the second issue had come out of invincible so i was like I was like, okay, let me get, let me grab them and see what I think. And I had been reading hero comics, particularly big DC stuff during that time. Um, and it felt like that someone had took all the best stuff from DC and made it the little comic that could. Uh, oh, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> and, it, and it became that over time. Like, it became their big seller. I mean, so much so that Mark Grayson has crossed over with fucking Peter Parker. And it makes all the sense in the world that they have to. Because <laughs> this guy's very much a combination of uh, Spider-Man and Dick Grayson. He really is. It's, it, it's endearing because Invincible himself is, they get it right, that Mark does good for good's sake no matter what. The, the comic and the show are a little bit different, but he is the same. I think it's a lot different so far because I just started reading the books. Yeah, and they took a lot. They've definitely taken a lot of time jumping liberties with it. Oh yeah, like a whole fucking mm. lot. Good thing too, probably. But uh, it's it, it, it was in a very positive way. This is a much more cohesive narrative. Yeah, like the Guardians of the Globe are just introduced a page to a page before they get got like they do in the first episode mm-hmm. and like you got a whole backstory on him in invincible like i i, I think he's giving it the walking dead treatment mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he's going back and doing what he wished he would have yeah you know seems like that i was thinking because, the same thing. It, like it's it's got that very kirkman man i wish i would have done it like this feel to it because the guy beats himself over the head about this type of shit mm-hmm. you know he's always been one of those guys like i wish i would have done it differently which i was like you did it fucking great but if you give him a second pass he does it better and like I, so far, Invincible on TV is way better than the books. Yeah, but I hear yeah. the books get like murder fuck crazy. But they get crazy. This is already pretty fucking crazy, and this is like a hard R animation. Like, there's no physical way that they could film this. No, Mm-mm. I actually had never heard of Invincible. Um, I was blown away by how great the storytelling was in the first episode, and then the brutality at the end of that episode also blew me away i was like what the fuck i am blown away by the acting the animation is amazing mm-hmm. and the incredible. voice acting cast holy yeah, fuck the voice acting cast they got fucking everybody like they like somebody pulled some favors here it's for fucking real i recommend I'm, reading it I i'm reading it right I'm, now and i'm i'm giving it a hard strong suggestion because okay. like okay so for the listeners that don't know what we're talking about invincible basically is the biggest dc spoof fucking ever and in this one superman is omni man uh voiced by what jk simmons uh but it's it's not what you think for why like it's it's definitely a very 
Like even the dude's name's Mark Grayson. I mean, come on. There's going to be uh, robot is clearly you know from Doom, robot, Patrol. from Doom Patrol. Yeah, right, right. But all of this shit man. is so much fucking different, and it's so it's the comic. I'm reading it right now, and you can tell it. It took a while to find its footing. The show, it doesn't, man. This is balls to the wall, out the gate, hard R, covered in gore, but also yeah. emotional. It tells a really yeah. good story. Like, it, it tells a really fucking good story. That's all very succinct. And that, that's something that hooked me, because we're now starting to see cycles and patterns, where as all of us here, you know, we saw this happen in comics in the 90s. Everything was super heroic, then everything got crazy dark, then all of a sudden people were punching people's heads off, and then we've got image comics spawning off things like The Authority, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So we've already seen this happen. Now it's happening in the course of the media we live in with movies and cartoons. So now we're starting to see these things return in that cycle. So to me, I was kind of lukewarm on this. I was like, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be fun and gory, but, you know, I've already lived through this whole cycle before. Mm. And I'm surprised, much like Justice League, I'm surprised how much I love it and how endearing it is to Good me. And point. it's like you just said, the emotion, the the characters, and man, the fucking art direction, mm. so spectacular, so kinetic. Um, that just is it's simple. It's got callbacks to Batman and the animated series in some way with the simplicity, but man, the kinetic energy and the motion in that art is fucking spectacular. And uh, the gore well, and the heart between the actors, absolutely, like they yeah. uh, they have such a great connection. As even as voice actors, like you feel like a, um, a connection. Well, a lot of these voice actors are community and Walking Dead. Yeah, Sa dude, Sandra O oh as Debbie, the wife, mm. the mom. Mm -hmm. She is mm -hmm. the heart oh. of this show. She Holy really shit. is. Oh my god, she's so awesome. I love her <laughs> so much. She is Play awesome, and as it goes, you're like, oh my god, like she is the pivot point. Like, what a like, great character. I mean, she's stuck in the middle of fucking everything, but yet still being such a, a strong leader and a woman. Mm. Uh, I mean, what a fucking tough spot to be in. And she's mm -hmm. super well grounded, too. Like, oh, you got to go save the world. Can you go stop by that place in Italy and bring me those things <laughs> I like to eat? Like, like she's totally like acclimated to this world. And like she knows, like she's married an alien. Okay, like, but she's no like Lois Lane super supporter. No, well, she's a fucking mom, and she's a great she's a fucking, fucking mom. mom. And, a, and this, the like I said, we're only three episodes in, and um, the last episode, I felt like she was certain to feel like. She was onto something. Yeah. Like she's mm -hmm. like, what's what's going on here? Like, and that's um, sad because it's, they've been portrayed as having so a relationship. It's yeah. not just like, oh, they're married, they got a kid, blah blah. blah. You see moments in the writing where they they are in love and they they have they're so connected. Particularly in that first episode, when he's like, mom, dad, gross. Ugh. Yeah, you, you exactly. just feel like they have that connection. And uh, when that goes bad, this oh, is, oh, this is I'm, be sad. I'm I'm devastated yeah. by it because she is exactly everything you said, JC. That's so perfect and. The fact that the end of the last episode, I'm fe I feel like she was like, fuck, like something is off and, and it's I with my husband. Mm. And I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, it is with your husband. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> like, I love the Guardians of the Globe was a nod. It was a knock at Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that because if you oh, look yeah. at the timing for it, you know, it, it matches. They doubled uh, down for sure. But the fact that there's a Teen Titans version in this show as well yeah. that like yeah. might get to go be like the heroes because it was always the thing with Teen Titans, you know, it's like, are we ever going to get to go be the heroes? And like, okay, that now you true. fucking are, you know, and, and it, it, it's it, it's seeing a lot of the dichotomy in this. Like, a lot of it is heavy satire on DC for sure. 
But I mean, that's what Image wants. Todd McFarlane hates DC and he hates Marvel. This was probably the <laughs> easiest greenlit comic ever made. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you know, when he brought this in, because Kirkman had to lie to get Walking Dead put in, because he told him there was aliens in it and it was a zombie invasion of aliens, and everybody at Image said there's never been a successful zombie thing. And then, like, eight or nine issues into Walking Dead being printed and it's making all this money, they go, hey, where are the zomb- uh, the aliens? He goes, ah, there's no aliens. I lied to you. <laughs> A true story. And they're like, why? He's like, I'm a huge Image Comics fan, man. You guys <laughs> lied to everybody, too. But Invincible, he literally probably just walked to Todd McFarlane and went, fuck DC. And they, he just he probably didn't even read it and said yes. But all of the story beats and traditional tropes in 90s comic books, Invincible throws the middle finger to so hard on every level. In, like more in the show than the books because the book's very tongue and cheeky. You know, he, I guess it's a book, a nineties book. No, it's no, just, it's kind of throwing shade at it, but at the same time honoring it in this weird ass way that walks this line that I can't put my finger on. It's, it did it's, that in the comic, and it did it in the show. It's part homage and part you'd never hire me to write these characters the way I wanted to, exactly. so I can kill them if I goddamn want yeah. to. <laughs> so. um, and, and you know, and no spoilers. I'm staying spoiler free for you guys and for everyone else. But I will Thank say you. two things that kind of have to do with the the whole of the show, and it'll help you understand the Omni Man thing you said just a minute ago with him and Debbie and all that. Is this show and the story itself revolves around the relationship between Mark Nolan and Debbie. However, that works out all the time is the shadow of this show and the theme. And I can't wow. tell you why or anything about that. God but damn it, Cody. So You're fucking nuanced. me up right now. That sounds it's terrible. So Y'all got to finish I'm this scared. fucking show before the next episode because <laughs> we need it. a wrap up of it. But also, I mean, in the last episode, one little thing something happens that is so bad mm. that. Please don't hurt me. It's so disgusting. Oh, that I had to stop and walk away from my television for like 10 minutes and make some food and stuff no. and just kind of some of the best visual, visual storytelling. You've never seen that happen before. You've never seen anything I, like it happen before. I rewound it and clapped. I know what you're yeah, talking about. It was, was so in, awesome, was but so fucking heaven. terrible. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my God, I got to soak up what just happened just now in the past 15 minutes of this fucking show. Brutally fucked up, kind of. Uh, but uh, it, it starts at 11, and you go, okay, well, it's going to dial down. Nope. <laughs> nope. That 11 was a three. <laughs> Buckle in. We're going to hell in this ride. Like Pulse pounding. And the character development's better. And they did do some civil liberties in it. I've noticed since the surgery in the comics, like certain characters are gay that might, I don't know, be gay later in the comics. They've race switched <laughs> yeah. some things. Ray switched a lot of things, but they made it more accessible to the times, which is Kirkman to the core, because that's one of Kirkman's things, you know? But uh, they definitely have added in some notes to make it more accessible for a 2021 audience, especially if they've never read the books, like myself coming into this. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I was was disappointed when I went back and read the books and and I was like, I felt like they was like, did this get whitewashed? Oh, like, no, this came out first. (laughs) And there's something so similar to the show uh, and probably the, the books as well, thusly, uh, that reminds me of what Verhoeven did with Robocop and um, Starship Troopers. Of course, you know, taking taking something that we all know and love, sci-fi, fun stuff, and just throwing just violence in it. But to make a point, is it satire? Yes. Is it not satire? It's also not satire. It's, it's somewhere in between all of it. And uh, it just reminds me of that. Okay, so I will agree with that, but I'll double you down. 
Walking Dead as a TV series had mindless gore for the sake of mindless gore. Mm. And sure. any any gore in Invincible is a story device. Like, it's actually, yeah, it, it's meaningful, it has a purpose. It's not like, oh, look, I just, I you know, we didn't have anything to do today. Let's see how many headshots we can get before Tom Savini sues us. No, it's yeah. not fucking like that. It's, it's, it's in a lot of the times when people get brutalized in this show, like, you feel bad because you know why to feel bad, but they didn't tell you why. They walked you there. You piece it together yourself. And that's Kirkman's writing at its core, is when it it's not spelled out for you. And I don't think Invincible spells out anything at all. It's not just savagery. It's savagery that hurts you on a level deeper than just, this guy's getting ripped apart. You're like, I really, really liked this guy, and it's bothering me how much they're hurting Yes. Me. It reminds me of the death in Game of Thrones between the... Uh, the mountain and the viper. I'm not going to say who oh won. Oh my god! No, you mean? So smart. That, well, that you know what that sums up so much. That there's a very specific feeling that you watch during that fight. Uh, yeah, great analogy. Ooh, not to get off track, but <laughs> yeah. that made me angry. And, and yeah, that's all, so. it, it's supposed to. That's the show with the murder midget <laughs> and the dragons, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes you're right. not. You're not going to probably ever watch it. I love their response too. When after the finale, they went. What we're gonna get more, and the response was, "How about two? So Invincible is signed for two more seasons." Yes, good. And I love that that right. look of the like it's like high quality DC animation, like high quality Warner Brothers animation is kind of what it, it really looks is. like. Hold yep. it up, hold the comic images up to the show though, and see. Uh, oh they, yeah, they took it off the Lifted damn page off for the art page. design. Off oh, the I mean, damn page. There, there's a there's a part in particular that's a splash screen from the original comic that this is I'm not spoiling anything, but it's a Vomity Man flying up into the sky. And um it's one of the last images from the last episode, and it's the exact image, and you're like, Oh fuck. Like it's one of those things where you're like, Oh, that's a splash page for the ages, because it was. <laughs> like nice. Nice. it was one of those things that was like boom. One thing I so noticed for you watching. Share that for us? Uh, I would rather you finish it first. Okay. Then One yeah. thing that I did notice is that the beginning of every episode where someone is going to say Invincible, it go- it shows the title card. Love it. Yeah. Love it. But there's more blood in the title card every episode. Oh, that is so yeah. cool. We talked about that when we watched the third one last night. All right. Speaking of blood and gore and blood splatter... I think Mortal we're going into our next phase, which may be like a Cody uh, Cody solo segment. A lot, I know there's a lot of love here for this from Cody, particularly. So uh, you know, Mortal Kombat, let's do it. Okay, uh, so I love Mortal Kombat. Obviously, uh, this movie happened at a really strange time when it was being made. Uh, I was one of the people who actually, when in the early casting process, uh, was going to go do some extra work on this movie at one point, but then what? the fires, the fires in Australia happened. You guys remember this? Oh, yeah. I remember the emails you sent me. I was yeah. so proud to read them. They were like officially from Warner Brothers. They're like, hey, you're going to be a stunt double on this. I was like, are you kidding me? What? Yeah, I know. So cool. I, I, didn't, <laughs> get a fighter. I, didn't, I didn't get those emails. <laughs> oh, I've put them in the thing, I think. But anyway, so it was a stunt, stunt fighter regardless. Uh, but there was fires in Australia that pushed off the uh, production for a little bit. And then COVID hit, of course, and I just couldn't go. So they somehow uh-huh. finished this movie. And let me tell you, this movie is the best bad movie <laughs> I have ever seen. 
because mm-hmm. it's like it's and I, I, that's hyperbole. It's really not that terrible. Uh, no, it's they, the best bad movie. It's the best B movie. Awesome. This is the best it's B awesome. movie I've seen in since Death Proof. B movie exactly. Ah. This is the movie that I would have. Like, uh, the 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 only way I can equate this is if this movie would have came out in the nineties and had nothing to do with I didn't know shit about Mortal Kombat. This movie would have been rented from the store so many fucking times. We didn't hear about it in theater. It didn't come to a theater. We didn't know that. We found this at the video store, and it is our jam. This is Evil Dead shit. Yeah, I was this about to say like, if you yes, bitch, if you bitch, thank you. I was about to say that if you bitch at Mortal Kombat. Yeah, you love Evil Dead. Shut your fucking hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shut your fucking hole. Go back to your cave. Shut the fuck up. It's the same principle. A hundred percent. It's so much fun. It's so frenetic. It's so much fun. There actually is quite a bit of attention to detail in it because, like, there's little things that happen in the movie that that are callbacks and the, they set up mm-hmm. for like future storytelling devices where you're like, they were paying attention. Like the Cole guy, how he like at one point his daughter gives Has- him that friendship bracelet. Mm-hmm. And later on, that friendship bracelet is where the power from his arcana burns from and begins making his fucking basket suit that he wears. Just so saying, he can take Ar- 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 arcana is the midichlorians of this, what is going to be uh-huh. a franchise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, but, it's the midichlorians of this shit. Yeah. Completely. Thank you for making things make sense, kind of, though, because Mortal Kombat lore, if, if you're out there and you're like, man, the Mortal Kombat lore is so tight, it is not. It's fucking crazy. No. And you know it's fucking I, crazy. I <laughs> expected to hate this movie. I'm not going to lie. I love the video games. I've yeah. been a fan of the video, video games since they came out. I have been a video uh, mortal Kombat champion since my youth yeah for sure and i didn't care about the other movie that came out what what was it in the 90s? 95 yeah that movie sucked yeah. um i don't even know if i watched the whole thing but i didn't care about this movie because of that i was like ah this movie's gonna suck i, I care about the game love the game don't want to watch the movie <laughs> and we watched it last night loved it I thought it was awesome. I could not believe how much I loved it. I was like, what? How can I love it? And I went into it going, mm, I'm not going to like this. I had my arms crossed. I was like, mm-hmm. no, it's shaking my head. We're not going to like this. Loved it. It was great. It was so much fun. So adventurous. Um, I want to watch it again. The That's first 10 I minutes of yeah. Sub-Zero and Scorpion is everything I wanted in a Mortal Kombat movie. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah. And then they dumped 30 minutes of this shit and exposition I did not care about. Fuck Cole. Second act I don't is care about. I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't like care Cole. About Cole. I actually liked no, him. I, I liked him by the end, but like, why did he get Aquaman armor? I, like, I, I don't know that. why he got that. I'm not going uh, to deny Arcana. that that basket. That's fair. That's, it's Arcana, man. That's the excuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say, like, I really started to hate this movie, and then Kano appeared, and I went, fuck it. I'm oh, in. man. Like, I'm, yeah. I fucking those memes of uh, Kano had to go to surgery from carrying the Mortal Kombat movie on his shoulders. It's so <laughs> true. Kano's but, been my favorite character uh, as a 12-year-old, or what, 13, whenever that movie came, or the game came out, Kano was my character. I always loved playing look, Kano. This, this movie, this game franchise was based off a bunch of, like, action heroes and B-movie ripoffs. Yeah. And, like, if you're walking into this looking for story, go the fuck home. It's Big Trouble in Little China meets uh, J- Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. <laughs> Without yes. without Johnny Cage, there, okay. There's a mention of Johnny Cage in this. He's gonna be in the sequel because now obviously for a sequel. Hell, they they, and... they 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 don't they don't. I'll tell you what. They, when you do make the second movie, uh, I, you can hire some more writers. <laughs> 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 Your script, who 
I can't imagine real. somebody. Ooh, it's not a good. Script. Let's be real. There's no tournament here. <laughs> no. Um. It's a prequel. Yeah, I this think is that's clearly a thing. prequel. There is some issues in the second act, but if you can get to the third, oh my god, it's just fun shit. Who cares? It's yeah. so fun. It's so much fun. And like, you don't play Mortal Kombat for the story unless it's the Nether Realm games. These guys clearly knew they couldn't fuck with that, so let's make a prequel and figure it out later, and just give everybody a bunch of blood and guts and fan service. And that's what they did, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, is I it, go to, is, uh, but can, you can't say it is a good movie though. <laughs> no, it's a great it is movie. A, Fun movie. It's, fucking it's fun. a great movie. It's a fun movie. But this is not a well-crafted piece of cinema. Yeah, this isn't something <laughs> the Oscars or community are going to no. sit there and go, "Dearest well, Fuck the Oscars. This, this is for us. This yeah, this is for fans. This is this, this is punk as fuck. It really it's is punk, punk rock. Fuck. This is uh, that that Night of the Living Dead sequel where the chick was a punk rocker with all the chains and shit on her, like Return. for Mortal Kombat. The Return. Yeah. yeah, it was Return of the Living Dead for Mortal Kombat. That's what it is. Like, Mike, if you're a big want... Mortal Kombat fan, what did you think about this movie? Well, I'm going to save our listeners some time. Um, take, <laughs> take, everything, take JC's uh, rant on Kong versus Godzilla earlier and take all of that and replace it with Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at on this movie. Yeah, I figured one of you would have it. I, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to go there. You know what? You can go to the no, internet it's and great. read how much people hate shit all day long. I'm going to focus on what I thought was cool about it. I thought Kung Lao was fucking perfect. Kung Lao was holy shit. shit. Kung Lao was awesome. Uh, Kano, fantastic, of course. The Scorpion and Sub Zero stuff. I love the Hanzo Hasashi really dealing with who Scorpion is. I thought that was cool. Um, Goro looked amazing. But, um, you know, I'm going to close it out with fuck Cole. I don't understand Cole, why he's there. He could have been any number of characters for that, that link to the public. I don't know why he was invented and created and put into the movie. Uh, some of the choices in the movie were kind of strange. It's an interpretation of a story, but you know what? I did have my own fun watching it. So I'll just leave it with that. And, and can I just and say Lewis Tan is an awesome actor and a huge advocate for the community particularly gaming he knows mortal Kombat. he could have definitely been johnny cage because he, he can act like that he was he's he's exceptionally good at stuff and they gave him the worst lines and the most uninteresting character in the whole fucking movie yeah it like, felt like those movies in the 90s where it's like oh don't do this and they interject and change things and put characters into it that weren't there and that, i kind of got that vibe from him however yeah. i will say his acting was great like he felt like a legit character and i, I don't have anything wrong with what he was no. doing particularly i was like oh he's he's in the movie like he's in it i just don't understand the choice of putting him in he is the i can draw a one-to-one -one comparison for him is like when they said they're making a resident evil movie and then there's alice like why yes. the fuck is there alice thank you fun this fact, is way better than resident um, evil though <laughs> Well, fun fact, the guy that directed the 95 Mortal Kombat directed all six of the Resident Evil movies and that a portion on film of Monster Hunter movie. Damn, um, JCpedia. Yeah. <laughs> but. And he's also Milovich's husband. The thing is that nobody's bringing up a lot is that the other guy who steals this movie but does it very sneakily and secretly is Joe Taslim as fucking Sub-Zero. Wow. No, no, I think he's. Totally understated, very understated. <laughs> he, dude, he shows up as Jason Voorhees with cryomancy. Mm, like, nice. Every time he's coming, you're like, "Oh fuck, what's Sub Zero gonna do?" You're I've like, never fuck. been so scared of Sub Zero. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's but true. Yeah, you're right. That's no, true. you're totally right. And it's like, oh, this is behind. This is Hugh Cybert. It's really a merger of the two. It, it's Sub Zero. But also noob. And during the final scenes, it shows all of his armor get blown off into straight black. That guy signed for three more movies in this nice. franchise. Five. 
he will be noob. He will be noob. He will for be the rest noob. Of it. Yeah. Because Behan dies, becomes Noob Saibot. That death in this franchise matters nothing the nothing. way it should. Better not because you just killed Prince Goro. You just feel you just killed another problem I have with the movie. It's just a problem with lore. I can understand it. It's fine mm-hmm. if you don't know this. But Prince Goro, the champion of nine motherfucking Mortal Kombat tournaments. <laughs> they forgot to mention that, as I <laughs> And they didn't mention it, and it might not be true now. Gets his ass beat by the new guy. And his, but he had Aquaman armor because he did. Is, uh, <laughs> is Arcana. You can't forget. I was going to call it a Kimbo, but yeah, Arcana. Yeah. Oh my God, we are his, the biggest nerds. His Metachlorian <laughs> count was high, high enough to where he could be the chosen Lu- one. Ludi Lin grew on me as Liu Kang. After a while, I was like, it oh, he's like, yeah, I'm like, oh, he's mousy. Oh. What was the guy's name yeah, that played yeah, him in yeah, the yeah, yeah. first one? That's uh, Robin Shu, and he was fucking Shu, Kang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Robin Shu was exactly. Luke Kang, but yeah. when <laughs> when the final sequences of him fighting was showing it, I was like, "All right, this dude's got some chops." That's why he had to kill Kung Lao oh, ultimately, no. because he had to become not the little brother. No, we're gonna see Kung Lao resurrected on the. Oh dark yeah, side revenant sure. hardcore. Like, yeah, they're revenant yeah. the fuck out of him. We're getting revenant Kano. We're getting I'm revenant. Just gonna Kano. go ahead and slip my throat. Goodbye, <laughs> dude. I love this. This actor is Kung Lao. Also, he's fucking awesome. Uh, he has that cocky. Br- he acts just like Kung Lao from the games. It's absolutely kind of. Crazy. It was scary. That was that was literally <laughs> yeah. like. In comics, we call it, you know, page to film. I don't know what we call that for a video game. I guess frame to film. I don't know. Uh, Something. It was. He's perfect, but if we don't get a Revenant version of him, we riot. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's going to be great evil. Also, I mean, yeah. like, I can't go on enough about Kano and how much oh, that yeah. guy oh, is fucking God. Kano. And they just let his language my fucking fly. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there's one point when, uh, when Luke Kang walks up to him, he hits him with a fireball, and he falls down, and he has one of the best lines in the movie. It's so understated, but <laughs> Luke Kang walks up, and he puts his hand on his shoulder, and Kano just looks down at the hand and goes, the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you just no, my, touched me? <laughs> I, I, oddly, my favorite Kano line was, we're getting superpowers? <laughs> yeah, well, I like... I like it when uh, the other funniest line in the movie was from Kano as well. When um, he gets the laser eye and he looks at Liu Kang, he's like, that's much better than fireballs, you fucking pussy. (laughs) (laughs) If you can, if you're a Mortal Kombat fan and you can watch this movie and not tell me that it is the best big dumb fun that you have had all year. It's big dumb fun. It is. uh, Mike, you're the Grinch. Uh, Like, seriously. I I still like parts of it. I did. You know, I did. I had my own fun with it. I just, I guess for me overall, I thought they just made, if you step back and look at it, a lot of strange choices. I think Mortal Kombat's a pretty straightforward affair. Martial arts tournament, supernatural that eventually becomes sci-fi. I just, there's some odd choices in here that didn't resonate with you. I will, I will say this. Uh, I'm going to try and Mike's trust here completely, but he texted me earlier today and he's like, fuck this movie. Why do you guys like it? (laughs) I was like, because it's fucking fun. Look, it is not a good movie. No, but how many movies do we love that no. are not good movies? Exactly, they grow on you. Sometimes they grow on you, dude. We're just spoiled now, and like I, I think it's really funny that this podcast has been around long enough to where we're now, and it's me with Godzilla versus Kong, and it's Mike with MK. You know, like like we we've been around so over inundated with all this cool shit. Even as much as we try not to be jaded and snarky, 
yeah, we still get there sometimes. But mm-hmm. with Mortal Kombat, it's just big, dumb fun. So, okay, Mike, I will defer to you on this and say, yeah, okay, I can see why you love Godzilla vs. Kong. Panel, I can see why you love that movie. But <laughs> I will give it another shot and finish it since Mike finished MK. I don't know, maybe oh, I'll... look at that. Dem- maybe, diplomacy, diplomacy. Yeah, maybe so, maybe I won't completely hate it. And if not, Cody's buying me a bottle of Cornix vodka. So, I mean, exactly. we're fine, really. And all is right in the universe. So I have a, I have a kind of final point about Mortal Kombat, just a nail to hit it on the head. Um, I went and saw Mortal Kombat in the theater. The first I movie I have seen 95. in the theater. Me too. Um, in a very long time. Um, I saw it in 95 on opening day, and I saw it in 2021 on opening night. Awesome. And uh, I saw it with a bunch of people because... It was crazy crowded. Everyone wanted to see Mortal Kombat. Ooh. And when I was walking in, I dressed as Johnny Cage and went in there. There was another chick that was around the front of the building that was dressed as Melina. And I didn't even act like I, like I took a bunch of pictures with people and stuff in between. But I got to watch kids try to sneak into this fucking movie and get turned, ah. turned away over and over oh. and over. <laughs> It was Whoa. awesome. And I was like, I wish I could just fucking sneak your asses in because like, I want you to come see this shit too. Because by the time we got in there, that whole place was rowdy as fuck. Those people were there to party and it was full. Like that, it turned into the B-movie experience I've not got to have since the 90s. See, that's fucking awesome. And it's I think that's the Mortal awesome. Kombat fan base. Because that, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. I mean, you know, I put my quarters in the machines for years, man. Mm-hmm. And like that's the fan base. That's what we want, you know. This ended up being the return movie for the theaters, and it was a fucking B movie that nobody would have seen probably a year ago. Can I throw? So one it's going to have a legacy there. I want to th- oh, throw one thing to you specifically, Cody. Uh, one thing I hated about this movie was the soundtrack because you remember the oh, original yeah, '95 like Mortal Kombat soundtrack? Like this, one I got introduced to. Fear Factory, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. Yeah. KMFDM's Juke Joint Jezebel was on it. Like, it was such it's a slam in the soundtrack. And I was like, where's the music? There was no score when... until the very end, and it got good in the last fights. Hmm. It turned techno when Sonya started fighting Melina and went from there. But there was hardly any good music that, was, that wasn't more than like, a couple am, swells. Am I the only person that missed this? I don't know. I'll ask it to Mike and Jamie as well. Well, Jamie didn't like the 95 one. Uh, so, but... Like, like, I kind of miss the soundtrack. Like, it's kind of a part of the cheese factor. Like, if you're going to see a Mortal Kombat movie, like, let's go fucking cheesy. Let's, let's just fucking go. Okay, be careful what you ask for, because if you really do the math, if that were to happen in this movie, it probably would have had dubstep. Okay, uh, my request is revoked, and <laughs> Mike is accurate. So final thoughts on Mortal Kombat across the table? <laughs> because I just got emasculated like Deflated. a bitch. Deflated. Oh God! Oh man, he 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 stuck the needle in that balloon. Holy shit! <laughs> I'm not supposed to drink this month, but it might happen. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm glad I watched it. I don't regret it. I questioned some of the choices, but what I liked about it, I really liked about it. For me, Kung Lao was MVP with Kano, and mm. uh, you know what? Give it a shot. It's more kind, but who gives a fuck? There's decapitations would, and gore. It's fun. So would you good say? Gore. Would you would you say it's a good franchise start? Because you know we can build from this. <sighs> I don't know. I think it's murky. I think it's a little muddy. I think Mortal Kombat's about initially a tournament that happens, and I think it's a little murky, a little muddy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you're going to start a franchise based off of Mortal Kombat, it seems like it's a all, good place to start with the tournament. The tournament. <laughs> Everything you go the tournament. pre pre tournament. This movie is 
The next, I mean, the next movie is Tournament, and the next movie is Invasion. That's how you do it. See, that's great. JC did point it earlier. I didn't even think about it. This is kind of a prequel, really. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. Because yeah. they, they've already said too, we're not doing a sequel without a tournament. I'll do mine so Cody can end it here. Um, this is big dumb fun cheese. If you were going <laughs> into this for story, you're dumb. It's a fun ride, and if you haven't watched it, you can't spoil a Mortal Kombat movie or a game. People fucking get blown up. Sub Zero <laughs> and Scorpion hate each other. I uh, I say that any time that I can have Joe Teslim doing martial arts on screen for a long amount of time, I, I'm gonna love it. Uh, he was so great in the raid. If you don't, if you've not seen like movies of him before, watch the raid. He's the main character in that. Uh, well, one of the main characters. He is fucking awesome. Uh, man, his Sub Zero. Uh, th- this whole movie, it, it's yeah, it's stupid. And there's some bad decisions. <laughs> there's some bad decisions that happen several times. The middle act drags. Uh, uh, for the but like you can t- even all that stuff is like that's like me going. You know that Jean Claude Van Damme movie Cyborg. I liked a lot of it, but there was that part with the dude with his eyeball popped. I don't know about that. Like, I mean, you know, like I'm not like picking a part of John Woo film. That wasn't the best John Woo film. And being like, I mean, uh, why the doves there? Like, I, <laughs> it's hard to explain, but that's exactly how it will be explained, and that's the exactly kind of movie it is. So, give it a shot. It, it's I had rowdy fun, like I never thought I'd have again. Where I mean, you could almost just smell the beer in that place. There wasn't any, but I can imagine if there was, people have been throwing shit because people were throwing popcorn. It was radical. It was wild. I was sitting at the very top in the back, and I was like, "The fuck, this is great!" Like, and at the end, watching me and some. By the way, it was a Bing's kid down in the front row go Mortal Kombat. At the same time I did, I was like, "Yeah, little uh, man, we yes. got this." CK, do you have That's anything you want to wrap on your review here? That's oh, my wrap. Go. Let's okay. So we're done with the Mortal Kombat. So let's go through and well, have a little bit of a what are we enjoying right now? Um, just a, just a touch. Uh, so I'm going to talk a lot more about Mortal Kombat uh, as far as like the game lore and stuff like that um, on the next episode of BRB AFK with my friends. Uh, awesome. So come and check that out. Because that's going to go in-depth about all this stuff. And I'm going to really pick the movie apart and probably sound awful. <laughs> um, so I got caught up on a comic book that I've been meaning to read from the its inception. Department of Truth. Ooh. And it is a conspiracy theory roller coaster ride that is so much fun. The artwork is amazing. And they it's actually... They switch out a couple artists here and there in like issues six and seven, I believe. But James Tinian is the writer. Hell James yeah. Tinian the fourth oh, is the yeah. writer of the comic book. Sold. And Sold. it is conspiracy theory Illuminati shit that is awesome. And I have been like, I binged it the other day. You're not too late. Jump on board with that. You're not too late. I, I, I want to borrow all this because I'm broke. Absolutely can. <laughs> all right, cool. CK, what you got? Okay, so uh, I went back and revisited something really good uh, here lately because of an interview that I saw with Ed Brubaker. Um, pretty enlightening stuff, by the way. If you get to check that out ever on the Kevin Smith's podcast, uh, he had him on awesome. and uh, Fat Man on Batman. And man, they went deep on uh, Ed, Brubaker, Ed Brubaker's career and kind of how he feels about things. But he has a comic called Pulp. And 
I've never got to read it, so I got I went back and started reading it, or I read it, and oh my god, dude, read this fucking thing. This is like noir, but it is, and I'm not. I'm gonna try my best not to spoil anything. It's Brubaker doing his best detective noir kind of work, but also with the idea that this guy is a novelist who a failed novelist, so it's almost like his perspective on his actual life from certain times when he was working in the comic industry and. We all know how troublesome it is for creators that they, it just comes and goes, man. I mean, sometimes these guys get a lot of work. Sometimes they don't, but they never get paid enough. And they also don't get enough royalties for the things that get turned into movies and shit like that. Uh, sometimes point. they don't Thank get you. much of anything. Uh, and comic book creators are, they're heralded as like, oh, they did these great things, but they don't get anything for it. They just get accolades. Right. It's kind of fucked up. And Pulp really uh in hindsight knowing those things about brew baker feeling that way a lot of the time especially and well not just him but his his, uh, his contemporaries uh man the book hits home hits home really hard and i highly recommend pulp check out pulp excellent okay brew baker mike what you got i'm going to uh flip gears over here from comics into a video game i know it might be a little elitist to be talking about playstation mm. 5 games oh time, i know but, uh, i know where he's going i know where he's going you know it's a new ip you hate to see a game uh that's an underdog that might not perform as well that's an exceptional fucking game and i'm telling you right now we're talking about returnal it's a mix of metroid prime alien donnie darko resident evil uh it's a super smooth gameplay it feels like Bloodborne and Devil May Cry, but then guess what? It's also uh, old school shoot 'em ups like R Type and Gradius, but it blends everything together with with such quality. Uh, it's spellbinding. It's a roguelike, so every time you play it, it's different. Uh, it's beautiful. It's an interesting story. Uh, it's, it's an A plus, and I hope I hope it doesn't suffer from coming out a week before Resident Evil Village, mm. <laughs> which I'm excited mm. about. Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity on the Ooh. Switch. Yeah. Okay. It is a Dynasty Warriors style game with all of the Breath of the Wild characters, but all of the Breath of the Wild characters uh, have their own power sets and everything metered like they'd had in Breath of the Wild, except you get to play them. And it is a prequel-ish to Breath of the Wild. So oh all the God. things that... It's the one versus, one versus a thousand gameplay that Dynasty Warriors is used to. But the difference here is, is when you take your party in, which is typically three... You can rotate between them now, so you can be, you know, Rudo. You can be mm. Zelda. You can be Impa. Nice. You know, that's so awesome. And you can rotate. They all have completely different skill sets, and it spells out what happened with Calamity Ganon. Nobody awesome. sucks, so you can just play with your favorite team and find out what happened when Link lost his memory before he went to sleep. And mm. it is fan fucking tastic they use all the sprite art from breath of the wild uh, all the writers from nintendo and all of that came and made the story made the script and then koei turned it into a one of a thousand destiny warriors game and it is just a breath of fresh air because it's big dumb fun at first until you realize holy fuck this thing is really complicated that's cool so the catch up catch all um glad you guys have been cool with waiting for us to come out with some more shit we're gonna we're now on our regular recording schedule there's gonna be a lot more shit uh so you're gonna hear our lovely voices a lot more and uh on behalf of geeks and here to the earth i'm jc i'm ck take your fucking vitamins (laughs) take them jamie skull drink water mike d 